but I, this, I, I, I got off track. Thanks, Bo Burnham. <laughs> Damn it. Now I, I've lost my train of thought. He's got that quality. He, he does. Just look at he that smile. That I just lost it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, I, I, I've lost my train of thought, Trey. Save me. This is Cinemas. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Cinevibes. I am joined by the legendary, the phenom himself, Ken Jackson. That's right. What's up? And today, we have one heck of a ride to take you guys on as we review the Oscar-nominated film, Promising Young Woman, from first-time director, Emerald Fennell. And just star-studded lineup cast. This is a movie that takes you on all the highs and lows that you never knew you needed or wanted. This is a crime drama thriller sitting at an hour and 53 minutes. Starring Carrie Mulligan and Bo Burnham. It's Promising Young Woman. That's right. But before we dive into it, you know what time it is. Wait, what time is it? It's what did you watch last week? Oh, how did I not see this coming? Wow. Blowing minds every time we do it. <laughs> so, the question is, Yes. what did you watch? Well, thank you for asking, Trey. Uh, fantastic intro as always. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> well... This week, I was actually doing my best to watch as much as I can. So I watched two films. I watched, to begin with, Sicario. Mm, okay. Little throwback. Yeah, I watched Sicario because I'm kind of on a uh, Villeneuve kick right now. Mm-hmm. And it's a good kick also, to be on. of course, got Roger Deakins as DP, so I got a... Got to throw some love to him as He's well. He's done a few movies. A few. I mean, you might have heard of a few. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but Sicario, I watched that. I actually bought that because I was like, this film, to rent it, $3 to buy it, 5 Yeah. I'm, I'm going to watch this again. Got to go for and the And after purchase. watching it, I'm going to watch it again. It was a good film. Really good. Was that your first watch? First watch ever, yes. Mm, okay. Yep. I watched. That's a good one. Man, this that film had a lot of really intense moments. Like your that tension is well done. like at the highest level from about ten minutes in to the end. <laughs> yeah, man, that opening sequence was nuts. So I watched Sicario. I'm gonna be revisiting that at some point. Yeah. Another film that I watched, Heaven Knows What. I haven't heard of this one. This is a nice little flick that the Safdie brothers did prior to Good Time. Oh. And this was the film that got Robert Pattinson to sign on to Good Time and start working with the Safdie brothers uh, because of the 
ambiance it had in some of its promotional material, some of that vibe it had, the mm-hmm. neon lights and such. Yeah. And then, man, the Savdy brothers know about how to make you feel like you're just about to jump out of your skin. Yeah. When it comes to stories. Because many times in this film, I was just like, I don't know if I, I can watch this. <laughs> it, it was so insane, some of the things that happened. And I'm like, I, I can't. I, I can't look away, but I, I want to. It's I'm like in. a bug zapper light. You're just headed yeah. straight to towards your death. That's right. <laughs> I, I'm the bug, and I just want to keep getting zapped. Uh, and I keep asking for it. And yeah, those were the two movies I watched. I'll be revisiting those quite a bit because, man, Safties, love them. Villeneuve, can't wait for Dune. Yeah. What year did the Safties brother movie come out? That was in 2014. It it was released in 2015, but shot in Mm -hmm. 2014. Okay. Yeah, I got to check that out. So, Trey, enlighten me. What have you been watching? I've watched... A vast assortment of actually a lot of TV and a lot of rewatches. So ah. I won't bog you guys down in those, but mm-hmm. it might or might not have been Stranger Things because <laughs> I'm just anxiously awaiting season four. Yes. But outside of that, I got the pleasant experience of watching. Godzilla versus Kong. Godzilla versus Kong. Right there on my couch. Man. And I also, and this happened with Judas and the Black Messiah, I didn't know that HBO was doing, here's a little period of time on HBO, then it's right. going to leave. Mm-hmm. So once I learned about that, I was like, I got to watch Godzilla versus Kong before it bounces. Yeah. Because I wasn't sure I'd get to see it in theaters. Right, yeah. But it's kind of everything you wanted it to be, but then it's also, to me, a massive letdown. Wow. Because the visuals are stunning. Like, Mm -hmm. Godzilla looks awesome. Kong looks awesome. They're doing their Mm -hmm. things. But the climax is terrible. It reminded me a lot of Batman versus Superman. No, actually... Mm -hmm. I don't know, one of those films where there was like a 20 minute battle and they just mm-hmm. destroyed like a billion dollars worth of a city and like leveled it. Yeah. And it's like, this is kind of getting boring. It kind of did that at the end. Wow. And okay. I don't really think that's a spoiler. Like, you know, they were going to battle. But yeah. Like, I don't know. And I didn't expect there to be a story, but the story was even weaker than expected. And right. I don't know. It, it does a lot of cool things. Like, you're just there to, like, watch action. I guess if you love Pacific Rim, then you'll be in there, like, really vibing. Yeah. But if you're looking for something a little more, kind of like Kong Skull Island had a little more, mm-hmm. then you'll be a little bit disappointed, like I was. Oh, got you. Because, like, the Godzilla movies, it kind of is more like them than like the Kong movie. Right. Which is not what I wanted. Man, I got to catch up on my Godzilla and Kong lore. I have I have to fresh up because I want to watch Godzilla versus Kong and the memes were just glorious leading <laughs> up to the release. Yes. It's fun. I mean, you won't regret watching it. It just might not be quite what you wanted. 
depending on what you right. were going to see. Got you. The only other movie I watch is a bit of a throwback, and that is Monster in Law. Monster in Law. With our girl J Lo back in her prime doing the rom com deal. Mm. And I thought it was a nice movie. It does a lot of things well that you expect from that genre. And it makes you really hate the mother in law, which is almost infuriating to watch her. <laughs> Sometimes you watch those movies and it's like, oh my gosh, how can someone be this terrible? Yeah. So it does a good job with that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, got a little bit emotional there near the end. So I count that as a win and check that one off in my book. So how did you come back to that one? What what spurred that? Johanna really, like that's a movie that she liked when she was younger. So we were just going back through the archives and found that one and been watching some older movies, trying to brush up a little bit on some that I, I, I guess I wanted to see, but I just never did. And that was one of them. Mm-hmm. Man, you know what is a good idea now that you mention it? A movie roulette. Yeah. Man, I got to do that. Like just random movies generated and then picks one and then I have to watch it. Because sometimes I can get bogged down by, oh, do I really want to spend time with this? You know, you start looking at a lot of different reviews and you're like, I don't know about this. Talk yourself out of it. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioning you going back and watching that one. That one I would never know because I never was in that. Uh, rom-com phase i've yet to reach that and <laughs> i'm <laughs> I, I got you covered thank you See, thank you I need we're well-rounded updates. i've got the rom-com side nailed down ken's got some of the action stuff nailed down and foreign films he watches way yes. more of those than i do love me some foreign films uh speaking of we uh can't, we're not going to touch too much on it but man oscars this is, we're recording this the day after the Oscars occurred. Yes. And man, spark, sparks flew. Some people, you know, some of these awards I expected wins. And I even called it as they were calling out the nominations. I was like, this is it. And they would win. But there were some where I'd call it out. And there was that awkward silence where everyone's like, this guy just was so wrong about <laughs> who was going to win. And I'm just sitting there quietly. But some, some I thought would win, some didn't. And man. Yeah. I think the only ones we got right in our predictions were for Best Picture mm-hmm. and maybe Best Actress, if we reviewed that. I can't remember. Best Actress. I, I don't know if we called Frances McDormand, did we? Uh, I, I think I would have called Viola Davis. Maybe we did Best Supporting then. That's probably what it supporting. was. Supporting, okay. Yeah. We Which, wow. Minari. Yeah, you caught that Minari. one. That was your Man. pick. Yeah. I, that was a... I, I love that. I loved her speech. My God. Yeah, she's a That fun was so one. cute. She did that little, like, gesture. Oh, <laughs> I, I, lo- I loved it when she was talking about Brad. Yeah. Oh, so cute. I hope they, like, hugged backstage. Oh, she... Did you not see her? She was holding on to his arm oh, when she that. was walking back. Yeah, just, she was... The camera she, cut, and I'm hoping they <laughs> got in there and got an actual hug. Oh, she got she got plenty of photos I saw. <laughs> and yeah, she she was like, get over here, Brad. <laughs> I love I'm it. I'm sure he loved that too. 
But all right, let's jump in to one of the nominations this year and also one of the winners for Best Original Screenplay, Yes, Promising Young Woman. Well deserved, having now seen it, I must say. Yeah, I I swear, as I was watching it, I was so blown away because to me, this script was so solid. It had all the things a film should have. Mm-hmm. And I swear the twist was fantastically done. Yeah. I I thought that was a really well done twist. Even when the twist was occurring, I was like, oh my God. The, that's the twist. Right. Oh my God. Wow. And uh, I was freaking out, but it was so well done uh, because of the script building up to that moment. Man, uh, really solid script. And then even still the ending, man, that was so well done. Yeah. That is the ending that I want for films is that type of ending. Personally, like some people might not like that ending, but man, I loved it. It's one of the few times where you thought you knew how it was going to go mm-hmm. and then you didn't and then you kind of got what you wanted anyways. Yeah. And that's hard to get all that in one movie. So we'll dive into that later. But before we do, that's a good time to mention there's going to be spoilers, guys. I mean, we're talking about a movie. we got to dig in. We're going to throw yeah. details. We're going to hit you with all the fun stuff that we love. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to watch it first, go grab it. It's over on, uh, well, everywhere, I guess. For six bucks, yeah. you can rent it. And it's worth the it's worth the money for sure. Oh, yeah. Go give this a watch and you'll be happy you did. Uh, because when I tell you, I just mentioned the twist. You don't want me spoiling the twist for you because that is so well done. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ruin that for you, but I will because it's my podcast. <laughs> if we have to, we will, but <laughs> we don't want to. If it comes to it, I will, but <laughs> don't make me, don't force my hand. Yes. <laughs> we'll be right back to the Promising Young Woman review, but first, here's what's in the news. It's renewal season for a lot of the major networks, and here are a few of the shows that have been renewed. A very popular one, This Is Us, has been renewed for its sixth and final season. Brooklyn Nine-Nine has been renewed for an eighth and final season as well. Over at CBS, Young Sheldon has actually been renewed for seasons 5, 6, and 7. At the CW, Batwoman has been renewed, as well as Charmed, The Flash, Riverdale, as well as Superman and Lois. Top Gun turns 35 this year. In celebration of 35 years, for one week only, starting May 13th, Top Gun has been re-released in Dolby Cinemas across the United States, So that means there's still a few days if you guys want to check it out and have a Dolby Cinema near you. Robert Eggers, director of The Witch, has set the release date for his next film, The Northman. The Northman is a Viking revenge drama that stars Alexander Skarsgård, Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke, William Dafoe, and Bjork. This film will be opening in theaters April 8th, 2022, and is one you won't want to miss. And that's what's in the news this week, and back to the review. You know you're watching a different movie within the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. 
And even when Johanna and I were watching it, we pointed this out. We start and we're seeing dudes like crotches and butts. Yeah. And historically, a movie like this starts, that would be women. Right. We're at the club. That's just what I guess someone yeah. told him to do. Like that's in movie making, like show women yeah. dancing and like show their butts and boobs and everything. Sexualizing, yeah. Right. Not the case here. We got guys crotches, they're wearing like, you know, <laughs> dockers and it's just like unattractive mm-hmm. in any way. Yeah. I mean, obviously we're guys, so yeah, you know, maybe it's attractive to someone, but it's just like a whole nother you know you're watching something different. Mm-hmm. Within the first few minutes, it's telling you that. Man, that that intro, I was just like, yeah. That I think about it now. Yeah, just old middle aged guys <laughs> dancing on a dance floor in the middle of a club. Yeah. yeah, and there's barely any girls on the dance floor, and I'm like, my mind it doesn't know what to do with itself right now. Mm-hmm. It, it I could set you completely off of what you might have had any thought about. So then you're on edge the whole time. You just don't know mm-hmm. where things are going to go. And then that's kind of how the whole story plays out. Each time you mm-hmm. think you know what's happening, then things get a little bit crazier. Yeah. Man, when uh, the guy was like, hey, you know, you need help, all this sort of stuff. I was like, oh, man, you know, hopefully he's the type of guy that won't do this stuff to someone like he seemed like a really cool cat and you know that's directing that just goes to show you the fantastic directing because you know he he's in the cab and he's like oh man i you know i my apartment's right down here and i'm like all right no (laughs) i was like i know where this is going oh my god and so from then on i just was crawling out of my skin because i'm like what is wrong with you like do you understand like how terrible this is yeah like taking advantage of someone and i'm just like man i'm crawling out of my skin i don't want to be there and ah man but whenever it turned uh in the beginning when she turned i was like is she possessed because the music made me feel like she was possessed and then her eyes just open and she's staring up at the ceiling like completely conscious and i was like is she like some hidden octopus monster just hidden in like a a woman's body i don't know (laughs) i was like i don't know where this is going and then we then we cut and i was like man yeah like for anyone that doesn't know like this movie the title of it comes from a case where a stanford university student was convicted of sexual assault and later on after the conviction he was referenced as a promising young man. Mm-hmm. And so from that concept comes this movie, which is based around a similar thing happening. Mm-hmm. And as much as possible, like calling out all the BS and all the like terrible things that occur that just get swept under the rug or somehow get dismissed because you get the right lawyer or you're a white dude that went to Stanford or, you know, a doctor, yeah. things like this that for some reason allow people to get away with terrible things. Yeah. It kind of addresses all of that, but from the side and just really makes you feel uncomfortable, but yet you're laughing sometimes when you 
shouldn't be perhaps and mm-hmm. you're just you, I didn't know how my emotions were supposed to be, but yeah. by the end of it, I was like, this movie rocks. It's really yeah. saying what it needs to say and calling out a lot of things that are terrible and need to change. Yeah. And one thing that I think this film did really well was it made you an outsider looking in on society. Mm-hmm. Like me as a guy, a white 20 year old guy. I was like, uh, <laughs> not not in the fact that I was I'm not like the guys in this film, and I know a lot of them probably say that, but I I definitely am not. And so the entire time I'm like, man, these guys are absolute trash. What the hell? Mm-hmm. I was like, who would do this? Like, why are there so many guys in the world that would do this? And I think that's something that was meant to be brought up in the watcher or the viewer's mind is why would any guy do this to take advantage of a woman and purposely do this to you know sleep with her and i i was blown away but it it makes you an outsider looking in on society because you're like man these guys are absolute trash and like now you can probably see like guys are oh they they seem like the best they seem so nice they seem so genuine and they would never harm anybody and they would never want anything bad to happen to anybody and then they turn around and do something like this you know so i think it did a really good job of making me question just everything now whenever i see things going on in the world right and you mentioned questioning things in the world it takes it beyond the person actually doing the actions. It's also the people standing around watching mm-hmm. these things. And you see kind of how that shakes out with Bo Burnham's character, Ryan. And we mm-hmm. can get into that later when we start talking about the twists and stuff. But like it's beyond just the person doing the actions. It's mm-hmm. could you have done something to prevent it and you didn't? Yeah. And I mean, there's probably a lot of people that are like, well, that's not my place. But I mean, if you could have done something and you didn't, mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, you, you should have. Just as responsible like, you're, pretty much. Yeah. You're, you're part of it. You're not excluded because, yeah. you know, you weren't the person physically doing anything. Yeah. One of the scenes in this film was very, very, like, important in my mind because. Ah, so I'm going to already tell you, Carrie Mulligan did an absolutely phenomenal job in this film because her portrayal of this woman was just so smart. Mm -hmm. She is just so smart (laughs) and yet so devious at the same time that, man, at the end of the film, when that door shut, when she goes into the cabin... I was scared for the people in the cabin. I was scared for the guys, like a whole cabin full of guys. I was scared for them when that door shut Mm -hmm. because I'm like, they don't know what they just signed up for. And that's how I felt as it was going through. So you have these like Roman numeral sections where it's like these targets uh, that she's going after. And one of those targets was a dean at the university and she goes in and she's like oh i want to return to studies i just feel like i need to 
And then this woman, Dean, is just like, oh, what prompted that? And then um, she said, oh, well, then she goes into the whole story of how, why she dropped out her and her friend, mm-hmm. uh, what happened and brought up that whole story. And then she was like, you, you know her, Nina. And the dean was like, no, I don't I don't think I remember her name. And then she's like, oh, but, you know, the guy's name. Right. And she's like, oh, yeah. I, yeah. I I heard he was back in town. Yeah. What a great guy. You know, he's so good. And, uh, man, he's got a bright future. He's mm-hmm. a doctor. And then she's like, well, why don't you remember Nina? Like you remember the whole case. Right. And then the dean just goes on to like deny knowing Nina. And Carrie Mulligan is like. Yeah, because you said that he did nothing wrong. Like, you're the one that swept it under the rug and said there was nothing wrong and that he sh- he should pretty much get away scot-free. It's pretty much the gist of what she says. And so it was really big because you were talking about it being bigger than just a person. It's the society in itself. Like, this woman, this white woman, Dean, who should know about the misogyny that goes on in the world and the sexism mm-hmm. that goes on in the world overlooking that yeah that's the part that is in that particular scene so mind-blowing how like her position or status somehow has blinded her to what happens to so many women especially young women Mm -hmm. and just carrie mulligan's character dropping the ball on her like that or dropping the bomb rather was amazing like that felt awesome for her to go and I was going to mention this when you're talking about how well her, her character Carrie Mulligan is Cassandra Cassie mm-hmm. her friend that was assaulted that we don't actually ever see other than in photos her name's yeah. Nina so Cassie and Nina mm-hmm. and it's never it's never addressed by the way right. like what happened yeah. with uh, Nina afterwards you just kind of no, from all the context. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I actually read somewhere that they never say the word rape or sexual assault in the movie, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I noticed that. Very intentional, I would imagine. But yeah, in that scene, and in most of these scenes, her character, Cassie, is like on the border of going off the rails and being the smartest person you've ever met. <laughs> and like she knows exactly what she's trying to do but she's almost crazy mm-hmm. and it's just this perfect balance until kind of the end and I'm not sure if like the way it's structured it makes it seem like it went exactly how she planned but I mm-hmm. think she just had a backup plan I don't know if she yeah. actually thought that would happen mm-hmm. maybe that was her only piece that she could find and you know we can get into that when we get towards the end but yeah i just think her character is beautifully written Mm -hmm. the performance feels like one i haven't really ever seen it's very yeah smart and contained and also like explosive and wild and you're just like i don't know what she's about to do (laughs) yeah man i I think that's one of the scariest aspects of this film is it shows you how scary 
she is. I, I don't want to say a woman who is smart and also crazy at the same time is because I'm I know there's a lot of those out there and that is what scares me. Yeah. Uh, because she. I never like at one point I was afraid for her. In the beginning, I was afraid for her because I'm like, she's in a man's bedroom in his apartment and he is ready to go mm-hmm. and he's not going to be stopped is what is in my mind. And I'm like, that can turn violent. That can turn very, very bad quickly for her. Right. But as the film went on, I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm, I'm more concerned for everyone around her. Yeah. And you know, there was that sense of humanity to her as well. It wasn't just like she's very conniving and knows what she's doing all the time. There's a sense of, and, and this part of the movie I just could not get behind was the mother of Nina. She was like, you know, it's time to move on. You know, Nina would want you to move on. And it was uh, the mother played by Molly Shannon, yeah. uh, by the way, which I was so happy to see her. Yeah, great. Like, uh, supporting cast yeah and so when the mom says it's time to move on nina would want you to move on there's no need to keep dwelling on this i was like are you listening to yourself like if i was the father of a daughter who had that happen to her i would never let that go yeah i would make i would go join an organization and never stop preaching that sort of thing and so but what the what it does is shows you the humanity of Carrie Mulligan uh Cassandra in the fact that she's like okay well maybe maybe it is time and so she kind of's like all right well I'll stop doing all of this stuff and I'll be you know a normal person and one one aspect of this film that uh I'm going off on a tangent here but one of the first few lines from her parents were just what happened to you like you were you were so smart and you were ready to be a doctor and now you're a 30 year old living at home like what happened to you like you had so much where's your husband where's your children where and i'm like oh here it comes Mm -hmm. it's the it's the societal pressure aspect of what a woman should be and i'm like oh i cannot stand that at all like societal pressure to do certain things yeah and that you know that got me thinking about the title of this film which you did mention this the title is a play on that verdict of the trial uh and the judge saying he is a promising young man but it's that same aspect with her is that she was a promising young woman who just never achieved what she was going to achieve you know she was on the she was one of the smartest in her class mm-hmm. nobody else was even near being as smart as she was and yet she dropped out and then she's living at home working at a coffee shop and man that aspect of it just really wrong with me because i'm like who cares like who says she wants to go do all that stuff let her live her life the way she wants to yeah. right stop buying her suitcases for her birthday it's getting old <laughs> she's got a whole set now <laughs> i know she's got a whole suite yeah i think that's I think that double meaning on the title and what you're talking about is important to note because all of those things don't matter. That societal pressure is like, you can do whatever you want to do. But on top of that, having experienced what she experienced. Yeah. Like, 
and then you're asking her what happened like where's my little mm-hmm. girl that was so cool it's like yeah do you even and maybe they don't i mean we don't fully know what everyone knows it's very kind of mysterious in that way but yeah i mean you lose your best friend and it's like a cold case essentially it never got resolved people get away mm-hmm. with bad things She's yeah. kind of taking justice in her own hand. And mm-hmm. I think, and this is what I was alluding to earlier, it's the only way she can move forward is to yeah. solve it, to right the wrong. Mm-hmm. And there's this kind of cool justice will be served through line that we get to go on this journey with. And that's what the acts, like the one, two, three, four that you mentioned, the structure, mm-hmm. really does a good job of kind of laying out those steps as we get there and then obviously when five slams onto the screen we're like oh yeah like yeah we got there (laughs) yeah i uh also by the way i just want to say bo burnham i thought he did a fantastic job as a comedian and him coming into this role i was like my god where where is this talent coming from for acting jesus that first scene when he they have the spit in the coffee cup thing. Like I'm laughing, rolling. Like that's amazing. Yep. yep. Man, I, I, his chops, I think are great. And, uh, I think that comes along with having such a fantastic cast and director making it so easy for him to act with. Cause acting aside, Carrie Mulligan, and then also having Emerald Fennell, who's also a actress herself mm-hmm. is, got to be so easy to work with other people and be human with them and man that i bo burnham i don't know if he took acting classes for this but uh man he he did fantastic (laughs) yeah it uh, comes through really well yeah i wanted to talk just briefly about the way it was shot it's not like really the focal lengths or anything like that or the blocking well i guess Mm -hmm. the blocking actually is what i do want to talk about there's a lot of instances where we don't see people's faces mm-hmm. and we just see their lower, literally like below their neck and down first before we actually right. see who they are. I think it happens at least maybe three times if I count it correctly. Mm-hmm. And I think if I have to guess, at least part of that is trying to reemphasize the fact that it doesn't matter who the face is. Yeah. This is happening to people like around the world, around the US. It's just any person. And yeah. by not showing a face, you can kind of maybe draw that conclusion that it's this is for everyone and mm-hmm. it, it's not pinpointed. Maybe there are other yeah. things there that I didn't quite pick up on in the first watch. I'd be interested to watch it again, actually. Mm-hmm. And try and be more intentional about just looking at that but it's definitely got some ways in which it's shot that are different Mm -hmm. than i've ever seen and a lot of shooting from behind and everything just kind of feels really secretive and like everyone's hiding something and we find out they kind of are so i thought that was a really great use of the camera to push those themes Mm -hmm. i think that it was really well done. The directing, I think, I I want to know where Emerald Fennell, man, she she did a great job with this. Why? And I know pregnant? she's worked on. 
film. She was uh, very pregnant on, while filming this. Oh my god, she was what seven months? No, was it seven months I pregnant so. during the filming? Yeah, she was seven months pregnant, and then uh, when they finally wrapped, she was about three weeks do like from due like date. Rap, we're and, going to the hospital. Yeah, and so not only directing, writing, and also producing this man, she put all of her self in there plus the child right. into this film yeah and you know i think that she did a really good job and i want to know where that came from because she's been in the industry for a bit you know she's not old blood but she's still relatively new but she's had a lot of work on the crown and other british mm-hmm. uh, shows and i know she's directed a few She's had some hand in that, but having this be her directorial debut, showing off her writing skills was, I I think, fantastic. She's also slated to be writing another project right now. Mm -hmm. And also, I wanted to mention, this was produced by Lucky Chap, which I remember seeing in the news last year sometime because this is Margot Robbie's production company. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. I love seeing people getting behind projects, and in this case, not a new actor, but a new director, a new writer. So that's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, and with that, I mean, man, she she did a fantastic job. And I I remember what I was gonna mention about this film, and this will this will come into play whenever I give my opinion on the film later. But I I think this is a very well done. It's it's one of those films where it hits at like the bullseye of a certain topic and it goes head first into that topic and not saying it has no extraneous stuff to it, but it's just very straightforward with what it's trying to say. Yeah. And I think that with the story, it had a bit of an effect on me where I was like, it's not necessarily hollow because it's very poignant with what it has to say, but it just, it felt so dialed in on this one issue and very well done in that aspect that I think some of the, I lost aspect of the world and I just was like, this is a very, very stylized film on a topic that's how i found it at the end and that's not a knock on any of this film being a fantastic should be up for like best picture and also any of the award the other awards that it was up for but it just for me at the very end i was like man this is a really good movie and i'd watch it again but it's very it's a it's a niche film yeah it's not very you're gonna land on one side of the fence or the other yeah, I think about there's a show with Caitlin Deaver, a miniseries rather called Unbelievable mm-hmm. that was on Netflix about similar topics, but not necessarily in college, dealing with sexual assault and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's very heavy, like it's hard drama, like yeah. the whole time is drama, drama, drama. But to your point. This film is very stylized, which really sets it apart. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of flashiness to it. Yeah. Smart writing, really quick wit, and just a lot of things that are not necessarily common 
about this topic. Generally, this would be a hard drama, like you're crying the whole time. Mm -hmm. But quite the opposite. You're at times like cheering and laughing and Mm -hmm. a lot of things that you don't think you would have if you just read like a brief write-up of this about what it is. You'd be like, wow, that's going to be pretty heavy. Yeah, And it like diverts that enough to allow you to kind of ease into it, feel comfortable, and then get punched in the face. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really interesting and something that I don't think I've seen, at least in this specific genre and like subcategory of topics mm-hmm. ever maybe. Yeah. I think that is very true as well, because when I was trying to explain this to a friend of mine, <laughs> uh, actually, no, to my coworker, uh, I was like, this film, it's a comedy and a drama about and a thriller about sexual assault. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, come again. What? She was like, hold on. Wait, did you say comedy? And I'm like, Yeah. Uh, And so I think that takes a lot of bravery to attack a subject from a very different point of view. You know, I think that brings into mind how stories can be told myriad different ways from different points of view, just from how you perceive it. A car, like one of my acting books that I've been reading talks about how if you see a car accident on the interstate, Many people will have different reactions to that. Some people will be detached. Some will feel very empathetic towards the people that were in the wreck. And I I think that this film is one of those cases where it shows you a different perspective and a different take on how you could perceive an event or something. And to Carrie Mulligan's character, Cassandra, this is deadly serious. Right. This is... Like, she is not joking around when it comes to this sort of stuff. She's a very lighthearted character, of course, but when it comes to the topic at hand, she's very, very serious. But I think the directing was really well done to approach a topic like this. Yeah, I completely agree. And having now talked about it, I almost don't want to talk about the ending. Yeah. Because it's just such an experience to see it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think all I want to say about it is that Carrie Mulligan's character, Cassandra, Mm -hmm. as we both mentioned, has the heaviest of hearts for what's happened to her friend. It's implied throughout that her friend probably committed suicide Mm -hmm. from what happened to her and no one did anything about it. Yeah. I get the sense that the only way Cassandra can be free from the burden that's on her is by joining her friend. Yes. And outside of that, I don't think I want to say anything else. You know, I won't say anything else out of respect for you and also the viewer and their experience with this film. I know I said... If I was pushed, I would do it. I'm not going to do it. Okay. Trey, you, you can thank Trey for that. Okay. He's he's talked me off the ledge. But I do agree that it had to end the way it ended. 
There is no way. There was no way it could end any other way because Carrie throughout the entire film was just, I felt that she was tortured. Yes. The entire time. Every waking, every waking hour was dedicated to this traumatizing event that happened in her life. Yeah. The past seven years of her life has been dedicated to this aspect. That journal and there's no end in sight. There's no end in sight. And then with that twist that happened, I was like, this is the this is what put the the straw that breaks the camel's back. Yeah. I was like, this is it. I know what's gonna happen. And Man, whenever it started happening, that's why whenever I knew, I, I told you, I know she's smart. So when that happens, I'm like, this is not an accident. Yeah. She is too smart. And so, man, and when the final, when it ended, oh, man, that was so, I, I felt like I was allowed to take a breath at that point yeah. after a long time in the film, you know, and I think that one of the other aspects of this film, and I made a note of it as well, and I already told you my feelings about Bo Burnham and his acting and just Carrie Mulligan and how great they are. Their chemistry in this film was fantastic because that scene and that montage where they're falling in love with each other, man. I was like, I was right there with him. I was ready to get up and dance. Yeah. I mean, I might have. I'm just not going to state it on the podcast. <laughs> but he did. <laughs> they that that whole sequence there. I was like, that's fantastic. And so that's what made the twist so much yeah. better. Was because man, that whole sequence and she's feeling like she's actually moving on yep. with her life. Things are starting ready to look to up. Move. You know, and I'm like, man, I'm feeling a little bit less. I feel like I'm starting to come out of that, you know, mindset she was in, which was very like determined towards this one aspect of her life. And I'm like, maybe she's actually going to get out of it. Maybe she's not going to be tormented anymore. And then the twist happens. And I'm like, yeah, whoo, we back, boys. <laughs> We back and she she goes in. And genuinely, when I say it was a roller coaster, it is. I mean, you mentioned that montage. At that point, we all think like, all right, it's kind of a little rom com going on right here for a second. Yeah. And that just makes all the aftermath of that that follows so much more like impactful and yeah on like it makes you sick honestly i i felt oh, yeah not great when all that started mm -hmm. transpiring but yeah so i mean this film is i'll say it's one of a kind i, I don't think i've seen something done quite like this in this genre typically you would find things like this in a like a, a buddy cop like a buddy cop type movie or mm -hmm. a different type of thriller film you might expect this but not this subject matter yeah. so i think it's a brilliant first outing for emerald and 
I mean, if this is where she's starting, wow, we got a lot of awesomeness ahead from her and the cast. They're all established. I mean, Allison Brie is in there for a minute, and she's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, and Max Greenfield. He's in there. A lot of you guys know him from New Girl as Schmidt. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he's kind of a piece of trash, but you'll find out why once you watch this yeah, movie. That's and right. I think that leads us to the most important time of every movie review mm. where we dig deep and decide how we're going to rate these things. So, Ken. Mm-hmm. What's the score? What do you got for Promising Young Woman? Man, I when I finished this film, I was blown away. I the moment after I was like this film is genius. And that's why I think it should have won the award that it won, which is best original screenplay. Yeah. Because it's such a solid script, so solid. It hits all the points you need in a script, and it does it so well. It does it so well without you realizing what it's doing to you. Mm-hmm. And I was I was blown away by it. The directing, of course, was fantastic. Just the ambiance and the atmosphere that this film gave you. It was very conflicting. It made you feel like, should I be laughing at this moment even with given the circumstance and should I be feeling better you know and it made me question a lot of different things about the society in the film and also society outside of you know many times I found myself questioning the relationship of the parents I was like man do you think there's some aspect of what we're seeing in this film with their relationship and so it also made me question stuff about myself and just societal pressures of what is deemed you know, correct in what we should be doing as men in a society and women in a society. And man, I, I think this film was really well done. And I, I hearken back to what I mentioned earlier about the film being very driven toward this one point. And, you know, I think that this film is very divisive between groups and i think honestly that's not a knock on this film because you need something that just takes a stand yeah and says this is what i am and you know the only thing i would say about this film is that it does that it takes its stand and it says this is what i am and this is what i'm gonna do and it does it in a fantastic way but this is a film where when you sit down it's it's this topic the entire time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's this topic from beginning to end and it's on your mind the whole entire time about this tragic moment in her life. Uh, and so with that, all that being said, I'm going to give this an eight. Heck yeah. The trusty eight. I'm going to give this an eight because it, it does such a really good job at addressing a topic that many people don't want to talk about and people need to talk about. Uh, But if I'm going to go sit down for this film, I got to be ready to face that in myself again. I have to face that topic and something I have to think about while I watch this film, regardless of how much I'm dancing with Bo Burnham and Carrie Mulligan. (laughs) I'm always, it's going to be on my mind. Yeah. 
Wow, well said. A lot of great points made in there. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that in one of the first screenings before this went to Sundance, there was actually two people that got audibly angry at one another while watching the movie. Mm. One person said something to the effect of this is BS or this scene's terrible or whatever they said mm-hmm. because it had such an impact on them. Yeah. And the other person was just reacting and saying, hey, you can leave or something like that. Right. But I agree that it doesn't matter if you agree with everything in the movie. Maybe you disagree with it. Maybe you're the terrible person that does this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're the person that stood beside that person doing the thing. Whatever the case, you're going to be impacted. This movie will move you to either Mm -hmm. check yourself, because we all need that sometimes, or Mm -hmm. to check someone else, perhaps, a friend, and to just want to be a better human being, especially as guys. I mean, you know, we're guys, so it hits a certain way to us. We can't necessarily Mm -hmm. speak to how it might affect women, but I think it says a lot of things that women want to say. It kind of gives them a voice in a way that I think is important. Mm -hmm. And so for those reasons alone, I'm glad the movies got made. I'm glad it's existing in the world. But outside of that, it's just a well-made film. Take away... Mm -hmm or insert even another topic, and this film is still great. So there's a lot of things that are working here that are outside of just the scope of the Mm storyline. So just like yourself, I'm going to go with a trusty eight because that's where a lot of these movies fall that we love. Not quite into the top tier, but that's Mm -hmm. just because of perhaps... The genre or something like that or not quite her bread and butter type of film but man yeah it's a high eight for sure oh it's an extremely well-deserved and it, it's in a lot of people's top films honestly yeah as it should be i mean it's got wow. like 107 wins in awards around the world so mm-hmm. that's not by chance no it's definitely well deserved yo thank you all so much for listening to the podcast again coming back to me and trey we love having you here with us every single monday morning uh if you're listening to us on a tuesday what are you doing with your life (laughs) how did Uh, you wait a whole day how have you waited until now uh but Give us your review of Promising Young Woman. Tell us all your love for Bo Burnham as well, as much as I loved him in this film. Yes. Uh, and also Carrie Mulligan. Email us at cinevibescast at gmail.com or connect with us on Instagram at the Cinevibes. We want to hear what you got to say and let us know what you think of the winners of the previous Oscars. We just finished with those. And man... What a what a show. Uh, and also the award ceremony that that was an interesting uh, bout. I've had a lot of people I've talked with that were like had differing views on it. Yes. Uh, but yes, let us know what you think. Yeah. And of course, 
we're going to shamelessly do this until the end of time. Literally the end of time. I think we should. The, we'll have an episode on the last day of the earth. And it'll You're going to have my on my on the epitaph of the Cinnabibes, <laughs> there's still going to be this on there. Yes. Subscribe. Follow. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, like you, you listen to an episode like this and you hear an interview. We got some awesome ones coming up, by the way. Oh, my God. We got uh, some good ones. And, you know, you want to hear more. We know you do. We know that you know you do. So just mm-hmm. go ahead and subscribe, tap the follow button, Spotify, Apple Podcast, which has gotten revamped recently, and they've announced that from Apple, so Apple Podcast is going to be even cooler moving forward. Nice. And then also Stitcher, if you're over there floating mm-hmm. around. So all the platforms, hit the follow button. And maybe even more important, if I can say something so bold, mm. share it. Oh, Share with a friend. Man, wow. We're getting a little, getting it's a little a, heated in here. We, it's we a need hard to... request. I know. It's an extra click, <sighs> perhaps an extra swipe. <laughs> but I, we think you can do it. We're confident that yeah. you can. Tell your, tell your friends, tell everybody you know about this podcast, because what we want is to have a community where we have people just as dedicated for cinema and understanding film. And please let us know, reach out to us, let us know your thoughts on it, how we can improve and what you think we can do in the future, whether that be possible interviews as well. We're always looking for interviews. Reach out to us with any inquiries you might have or any possible recommendations of your films or what have you. Yes. But with that being said, thank you so much for listening and we're out.